Hello and welcome to episode 49 of Good Games Well Played. I'm Clint, a.k.a. JCM, with us this week is Isley. Yo. MSI. Hello. And it's been a year since we started the new run of the podcast. Our first oh, episode shit. went live yesterday. Um, and we've only talked about fitness like six times. <laughs> Just a couple. Well, you you got you had injuries. You you had to move all the stuff. We couldn't talk about your things that much. And then like my stuff is already it's always in flow. So there's nothing really to ever talk about unless I do some major change like fitness equipment. There's stuff I'll talk about today. But um, fitness a year and recap. Yeah, there and you go. Zaya doesn't work out, so yeah, <laughs> she buys zero noodles. You can <laughs> talk about nutrition. Zaya is always injured, so you can tell us what sugary things you bought lately. You you talk about the the flex tape, <laughs> the the, the, uh, yeah, the, the nerve the tape. tape, yeah. Um, but yeah, we of course typically you'd have fifty two episodes we do a year, but we had a couple weekends where we missed be holiday scheduling or whatnot. You know, people out on vacation, so mm-hmm. not perfect episode count, but. Again, our first episode went live a year ago yesterday, so neat. here we are. Yeah, and we'll go ahead and get into some quick news bits before we jump into our main topic about studio shuffling. But uh, yeah, some of the first things we'll talk about is the deals going on right now. It's the end of year deals that went live after the Black Friday and Cyber Monday deals that we talked about last week. Of course, some of, there wasn't a whole lot of repeat, I don't call them repeat offenders, but like repeat sales. Uh, that I've seen, but there are the usual suspects that typically are always on sale. So like Assassin's Creed, Valhalla, Gold Edition, and Deluxe Edition are both on sale. They're 60% off each. So like Gold Edition traditionally is like $100 because it's the base game, a bunch of the Berserker content, which, you know, whatever, but it also has the season pass. So it's like, okay, you get all that content. And so for 40 bucks, really good deal. Uh, Marvel Spider-Man Game of the Year Edition on PS4 is uh, on sale. That's 50% off for 20 bucks. That, of course, has all the the DLC as well. Mortal Kombat 11, a usual offenders on sale. Dead by Daylight, that's always one, and then a few others. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely check those out. Hop on to, uh, you know, Assassin's Creed if you haven't played it yet. Watch Dogs Legion's also on sale. But at, this is the ones where they, we've talked about this before, where I don't like when they do these where the base game isn't on sale, but the... I love you. <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> but the, only the bundles are on sale. Just a little... Just a little, a little sneak. I love you. Yeah. After I he grabbed the switch and I'm like, you know, he gave me a kiss on the arm and he tells me he loves me. I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh. But I can't uh, leave him yeah. hanging. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, they always do that, right? Like the base game isn't actually on sale, but they discount the the deluxe editions just because they want people to buy the deluxe editions. Yeah, it's like, and it'll be get off times too, like because I've seen the base like during Black Friday, the base game because Isley talked in Discord. I'm yeah. sure he'll he'll comment down later if he did buy it or not. But uh, he had mentioned like, hey, there's this sale for Assassin's Creed Gold Edition, you know, blah blah blah. And I was like, that's funny because I just saw that the base game was on sale for Black Friday, and I was going to tell him like, hey, yo, you should jump on this because it was like a really good deal, especially for the base game because it's you know it's cheaper. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it's they do this weird rotation where it's like, oh, we'll do. Uh, like Ghost Recon Breakpoint base game, Days Gone, Watch Dogs Legion base games, the crew, like we'll do the base ones on sale and then the next sale will be the bundled versions of it. And it's like, mm-hmm. I I get that. It's like, I, I could see, I, I feel like it, I'd prefer, I always prefer to have the base game on sale because not everybody wants the stuff from the deluxe and ultimate editions for games. Like right. if, they, if they play it and they want the battle pass, or not the battle pass, if they want the season pass, they'll buy it and typically those do go on sale quite often now they they don't those don't always go on sale as frequent as the base and the bundle games which can be kind of annoying it's like typically you will see in rare instances where the base game will be on sale 
and then the season passes on sale, but the bundles aren't like the ultimate edition and the deluxe and stuff like that. So it's like, okay, so that way, if you already have the base game, you can buy the season pass for cheaper because obviously the store, the, if you buy digitally anyways, the store won't let you buy the deluxe and ultimate. Well, they sometimes they will, but you have to pay the full price, even though you own the base game. So unless it's like the deluxe edition is cheaper than when the season passes on sale, which would be ridiculous. There'd be no reason to, to do that. But yeah, it's, it's weird when they, when they do that, especially because it's back to back. Like, why would you just do them all at the same time? Like, it's rare instances where yeah. all of them will be on sale at the same time. But yeah, it annoys me because I usually catch it when the base game is on sale. But I know my personality and I know I'll want to get all the trophies. So I usually want to buy the bundled version, uh, the deluxe or gold or whatever Ubisoft calls it nowadays. Um, but I always seem to miss the good sales when it's actually the bundled version for a better deal. It, it it's sometimes it seems like it's back to back. Like if the first one's on, if the base is on sale, then you know that the next sale, whenever that is, is typically going to be the bundle. And they they do this auto rotation. Um, but yeah, it's a. You, you'd think they should just do it at the same time, just to. You know, I I guess it's it's that idea where okay, if we. If we do it this way, then we stop anybody who's coming in who was just going to buy the base game anyhow, and now we get them to buy the bundle to get them even more into our content, which is what we want, really, so that we can get invested and then maybe buy the next game or what have you. So, uh, But yeah, besides the deals, we'll just do some quick highlights of a couple things that happened this week before we hop into the main topic. Uh, Halo Infinite console players are apparently calling for a crossplay to be turned off. I guess it's on by default, and their concerns there is that cheaters have started to pop up in Halo Infinite on PC. Oof. Uh, yeah, so I we see that a lot. Um, I know... I think on Battlefield 2042 as well, I think if you turn on crossplay, it's just on with PC as well. You can't turn it like console only. Uh, typically, the way they'll do it, though, for crossplay in any console PC is that you can only play with people who are on PC using a controller. So it's balanced. The problem is that PC players, some, there's not a lot of it, but some on 2042 are also hacking as well. So some people, you know, just want to be able to opt out of it uh, since yeah, console hacking's. Think- I don't think they're concerned about playing against people on mouse and keyboard because, I mean, you get the person who sucks on mouse and keyboard and, um, you know, me, so it doesn't really matter. But it, the concern is um, hackers. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Modders. Exactly. Yeah. but uh, And then we also had news that apparently a, the Resident Evil 4 remake, which we all assume is in the works because they've done you know, two and then three, it's like, they're going to do four. Like we all know what's going to happen. The, uh, Wesker voice actor apparently just leaked a bunch of con- like concept art for the game during like an, an interview or like a podcast or something. <laughs> so I thought that was just really funny. Uh, DC Douglas, the voice actor known for his portrayal of Resident Evil's Albert Wesker, uh, allegedly shared confidential concept art for the unannounced Resident Evil four remake. Uh, this is reported by VGC. His lead concept was shared on Twitter. Uh, Twitter, it was, of course, I believe, taken down eventually. I can't see, but you can obviously still see the, uh, you know, the images. It's just kind of like concept art for what Wesker would look like in four. But it's like, yeah, it's we all know it's happening. So come on. (laughs) Uh, And then New World is apparently being overrun by phishing bots. So there's people just pointing out like they were seeing suspicious activity of like, players going from one spot standing in a specific location at like a fishing location even though there's no fish i guess like you can 
fish all the fish out of a pond and like maybe the server reset at midnight or whatever it is like resets the fish i don't know maybe it's on a cool down timer i have no idea but mm. they'd watch me like this person's running straight here then they went straight to another spot and they went they just beeline it and like it's the exact same spot and multiple people are doing it and they go okay these are clearly bots and they all have you know very similar names what have you so it's it's like uh and then apparently they uh they banned over like this an update to the article is that they banned 7700 accounts for using bots uh, so. <laughs> oh what a mess oh no yeah but, uh, it's like one thing after another right uh and then we also had the playstation plus for december games were announced uh PlayStation offering a unique version of godfall called the challenger edition which focuses on three unique modes lightbringer dreamstone and ascending tower of trials no idea what that means because i didn't play godfall uh we also get let's see a mortal shell as well as Lego DC Supervillains for PS4. So, and I believe Mortal Shell Mortal Shell has a free PS5 patch as well. So it runs at 60, and I believe at slightly higher uh, resolution because it has dynamic resolution scaling. I believe in that game. Then we also had the release date or release window for Moss Two will be launching in spring of next year. So that's pretty close for those who want to play Moss Two. I know Moss One is one of those games that people say is is really good in VR. I haven't played it because I don't have the PSVR, of course. But I was everybody... just going to ask if that was the VR one. Yeah, everybody loves it who's played it. So I... it'll be one of those games that when I do get a VR, especially once they announce like PSVR 2, then mm-hmm. I'll be like, all right, I got to go back and play Moss. Then Respawn is ending the sale of the original Titanfall on Xbox. And I believe it was also on PC as well. Uh, I can't recall. But uh, is they announced that on March 1st, 2022, they will remove the game from subscription-based services. So, like, you know, uh, I think Game Pass and maybe EA Play has it as well. Uh, the the game can still be played by other people, but they're just going to stop sales of it because I'm, I'm sure, one, the player base for Titanfall 1 is got to be super small, and it's only on Xbox console-wise. It's like, who's still playing it? And then, because everybody's playing Titanfall 2 for the multiplayer Wait, there. Titanfall so. 1 never remastered or anything for PlayStation? No, it's no. Uh, that's Oh wow. Okay. Xbox exclusive. Mhm. Yeah. So, it's It's uh, like a really like niche dedicated. It it's kind of like there's like a Reddit where people like plan to play it type of thing. So it's like there's there are still people playing it, but it's just because people like get together in other avenues of the internet and plan to play it together yeah and it's also had a lot of issues the past couple years with hacking attacks and whatnot that made the game basically unplayable so but i mean that game launched 2014 so it's like at this point you can pull the plug you got titanfall 2's active you got apex legends like if people want their fix for that kind of game they can do it especially because it's there was no story mode it was online only it's like all right you can just call the sales and be like okay we're done yeah um and yeah now we're going to move into the big topic which is a bunch of restructuring with ea so one of the first things that we'll go over is that the apex legends director chad grenier has departed respawn uh which of course he helped form in 2010 and he was the joined the apex legends team as a lead in 2019 but his last day is was earlier this week. 
So he, he said that, you know, after years of making great games with some of the best in the biz, I'm saying goodbye to a studio that I love and helped form 11 years ago. So it sounds like he's just moving on. I mean, we've talked about this before. Like anyone who spends a decade with a studio, you know, in this industry, that's a long time for them. Um, even I feel like even six to eight years is like a typical lifespan for, you know, prominent developers uh, nowadays. But yeah, 10 years is, you know, or even 11 is a long time. So he's moving on. And the Apex Legends crowd was a little concerned, which I don't think they should be. I mean, you still got, there's so many other people on that team who, you know, talk with the community. We talked about this when we were talking about the Game Awards, you know, best community, game community, or what did they say? Game communication. I forget what the category was. And we said, okay, it's probably going to go to 14. But I talked about how, you know, Apex is one of those studios that's, constantly the devs are constantly talking with the reddit the subreddit and being like hey you know someone points at a problem they respond to it they respond to people posts and like you know clips of them doing something insane you know they they're active within that that community so i feel like you mm -hmm. know people, they'll be okay but this is just a small bit of change that kind of happens on top of a bunch of other restructuring at ea with dice especially so this was reported by gamestop game spot sorry um where that they made major changes to what's going on at dice i'm trying to jump to the article because the way they have it's just it's just full-on word salad with them so i'm trying to get to the, the major points so dice gm oscar gabrielson's leaving the company to pursue new endeavors outside of ea and the shakeup also includes respawns vince zampella taking on a bigger role as new overall boss of the battlefield franchise while the halo designer marcus leto uh, is developing a new development team in seattle focused on injecting more storytelling into the battlefield universe which we we heard this announcement a while back of course marcus leto was the one he he created you know master chief and then he did that when he left later on he, they went to do that disintegration game that didn't do well and then he joined dice to work on a new studio uh that would they said they'd be working on something within the Battlefield universe. And then Ripple Effect, who is the developer behind the Portal mode, which everybody loves in 2042, is developing a new experience in the Battlefield 2042 universe. Uh, in the immediate future, EA told GameSpot that DICE, Ripple Effect, and Leto's new Seattle studio will work together to expand upon and improve Battlefield 2042. Uh, the other Battlefield games and experiences in the works are meant to serve as extensions to a degree of the new Battlefield universe that EA is trying to create. There's no specifics available at this time, of course. Um, but yeah, the, having Vince Zampella take on this, cause he's, he was already like, he's doing everything he's doing, you know, respawn. He was already helping do something with that new dice studio with Leto. And now he's taking on this. It's like, there's giving him a lot of, a lot of stuff to oversee, but I'm assuming a lot of these shakeups too are because of how 2042 just didn't launch well. Mm -hmm. You know, this is you know, major changes after the challenging launch of this this title has been criticized for lack of features, some bugs on the PC side especially. And so, yeah, they're just this major shakeup. And I know that we talked before, like that Candy Crush person who was in charge of the game design who had left. And we're like, yeah, get them out of here because right. we, don't, we don't want this person in charge of this franchise. Obviously, but, they don't know how to make a console game. Yeah. And there's a mobile game with him. Exactly. There's uh, someone in Dice, I forget their name, but they tweet constantly about these changes and they're pretty vocal about 
the stuff they they say about the franchise or problems in the studio like there it doesn't seem like it could be maybe a I don't know. They they just they don't get in trouble for some of the things they say. Like they're very outspoken, not in like a David Jaffe kind of way where they're you know dropping f bombs and stuff like that and being like super frank. Mm-hmm. But like they're like, how could you let this happen? You know, yada yada. And then, but then they about you know problems with the game and stuff like that and telling people not to praise the game, saying oh it'll be good in three to six months when it should have been good at the start. Um, but yeah, he's he shared some of the stuff. He he's pretty active on on Twitter talking about it. His name Tom. Henderson, maybe I, I, I forget his name. But yeah, this is a pretty big shakeup for for Dice. Um, especially, I'm curious, like how much Vince will oversee this role. Uh, one of the rumors is that there there could be a free to play version of Battlefield. Possibly, I'd imagine a rework of a a BR mode, no doubt. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure that's probably. Or they'll expand their hazard zone to be more like. Um, much more like Escape from Tarkov, which is essentially kind of what it is at this moment, and maybe make that free to play. I mean, they've had like free Battlefield games in the past, um, but they were like smaller, smaller games. I think a Battlefield or Company of Heroes, I think it was called. Uh, it was like a, a a tiny game on, I think it was on last gen. But yeah, it'll we'll, we'll be interesting to see how they do. I mean, in the meantime, their major focus is fixing 2042 right now, which is what the community wants to see happen because it's just... I mean, they they did push a new patch this week live, which did fix some things. And when they did the one patch that fixed the bloom on all the ARs and made all the other guns actually more viable, that was like a huge change. And they have another patch uh, coming up scheduled for this month. Uh, it'll be patch number three that's going to have a lot of a lot of fixes on it but yeah we'll see we'll see how all this restructuring and i'm because yeah you if you're gonna make a bunch of stuff within like you want to make some sort of battlefield 2042 universe or just battlefield universe in general you need to fix the base game that you're going to be kind of building off of yeah and but yeah vince that's got to be tough for him because like you got apex you got to oversee you got you know jedi fallen order 2 you know everything, everything you're working on is like there's got to be a lot in the guy's play. I'll, I'll, I'm sure for him though it's kind of just like basic overview of how are things. I mean, with how I've seen with my companies the way they get their execs and, and higher ups into these you know meetings, they it's kind of just this surface level overview of how are things looking. Are they on? Are you know are we on track? You know what do the numbers look like? It's very just mm-hmm. basic information. Um, side of matters like that. Not so, although. Maybe in the game side of things, it, it could be different where he's like, go to the studio, play the builds they got going on, see what they've, you know, we're going to, because at least, you know, unlike, you know, uh, like my company who manufactures, you know, point of care, drug testing kits or COVID tests, like they're not going to be like, okay, I'll, I'll test out this COVID kit. Like for game <laughs> development, at least you can play the game. Like you can see how yeah. it is now. You can play the patch when it goes live. So it's like, that's that's kind of the benefit is the execs, if they are execs that actually play games, people like Shuhei Yoshida and, and uh, Phil Spencer, you know, these people, if they p- actually play the games, then they can give, you know, full-on feedback. And typically when you go to look at a game that's in progress, you know, we saw that with classically with the God of War documentary when Shuhei first went to look at God of War and he's like, had he had some negative things to say about it and that really woke up you know, Corey Barlog, he's like, all right, we got to make some changes because Shuhei didn't like it. So then they, mm-hmm. they reworked it. So, uh, you know, they're, I feel like these execs are a little more involved than traditional execs in other companies, but yeah, we'll see, uh, 
we'll see what happens here. But I'm hoping it's good because like there's so much I see from the Battlefield game on the subreddit and posts and watching people like the Broken Machine or Jack Frags play it. And I'm like, this looks fun. Like when I watch them play, I'm like, it still looks fun. Like a good time like I would have with all the Battlefield games. It's just, yeah, there's instances where, oh, the hit ridge problem, it pops up. Uh, yeah, that would bug me. Or yeah. you know, maybe because of balances, people are doing too much of, you know, X mechanic in the game and it becomes kind of annoying. It's like, well, if everyone's doing this or running this weapon, it isn't that fun or yada, yada, or now it negates X, Y, and Z of the game because it's not, there's no class system anymore. It's all specialists and what have you. Yeah. But, it's like, it looks fun on the surface level. And like, maybe if you just play it casually every once in a while, the like little minor things that happen are like, Oh, well that was kind of weird, but you know, the next game will be better or, you know, whatever. If you're just playing it a little bit with friends, but if you're, really trying to get into it and you're really trying to play it consistently i bet a lot of those things pile up and become well like what people are complaining about online saying that it's very broken everywhere yeah especially because these these franchise i don't want to call them like influencers but like they're fans of the series like they broke a machine and jack frags like they're battlefield people like that's what they play um it's very much that instagram reality situation where it's like they're obviously only going to post videos that primarily don't have issues like they're not going to record the gameplay and post it where it's like mm-hmm. a bunch of glitches problems like they do talk about it and like like here's the stat like the state of battlefield like they'll talk they'll post separate videos of that like oh there's still this problem still this problem but like it's right. you're typically seeing the cut like oh here's a really good match where i did really well and there's no bugs so it's like yeah there you a go highlight it's, reel basically. exactly it's yeah it's it's that everybody on social media isn't living their best life 365 days a year it's it's trimmed and you only see that one bit Uh, yeah it's the difference of like if you watch a whole six hour vod of somebody playing a game versus a highlight reel or like a an edited down version of it it's like well if you watch the whole six hours you're gonna see a lot of the boring shit the broken shit the you know the bad times and everything like that but if you're just Mm -hmm. watching clips or edited videos and stuff like that obviously they're gonna edit all that out because it's not fun to watch and it's not fun to play so yeah, that's that's one of the reasons like I don't watch live streams as well is because like I just want to watch, you know, when they do the edit, like the best bits of that live stream, you know, uh, like because I I hardly ever like only a few people I'll watch sometimes, but it's like extreme. Like I'll watch like Starcraft tournaments live because obviously as I, I typically don't. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't have time to watch a lot there, but I'll watch it live now, you know, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's like, just give me the VOD of. Yeah. Or give me the a quick clip of that uh, vod, just the highlights. That's all I want. I don't got time for everything else. Yeah, I watch vods too because it's like, especially with longer games, you can always skip through like the side content that you don't want right. to watch or anything like that. So, but when you're watching, a, I watched a, I was watching somebody play Yakuza Zero, and I was watching vods, and I would just kind of skip through. Like, I'd watch some of the side content because that's part of the Yakuza series. But when they're doing like bowling for four hours you know or karaoke yeah. or like all mini games for four hours just skip that chunk out but i watched them live one day and i was like trying to skip through them just like they stopped to talk to chat about something and i was going to skip through it i was like oh i can't this is live i can't do that he's yeah. physically talking right now yeah I'll, I'll do that too where that you know you watch the vod of something like a uh, someone i was catching up on someone playing inscription a while ago and it's like oh they got to a slow part maybe they're talking with chat about something and then I'm like okay i'll skip this or it's yeah. eh, i've seen this bit i'll I kind of skip through the match because now it's at the end i want to see the end of this game yada yada yeah um, but yeah that that is the nice thing about 
you know, just being able to skip through that VOD of the live stream, just especially <laughs> if it's a let's play of a of a franchise. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> but yeah, we'll. I'm I'm hoping that they can do a, a good turnaround, quick turnaround. I mean, yeah. I know the people that work on that game are that they love that series, but when you got higher ups who push you towards one direction that you know is wrong, and we talked about it before, we're like they <clears throat> they didn't want they don't like feedback that says something negative about it. We talked about that where there was that one they said, had the designers actually played the game? And it's like, well, we don't want to put them down as designers. Like, mm -hmm. well, you can't design something and not play it in the game. Like that's not right. how it works. There's so. only so <clears throat> much like control the devs actually have over the game, especially with a company right. like EA. It, there's so much like <clears throat> bad management. <laughs> like it, mm. it's completely different than like, Square Enix, where Yoshida came in and saved 14. So they're like, okay, you have control of this game. You you and your team will control this game. Whereas like EA is like, you're going to make this game, but we're going to control the like little features and things that we want you to put in it because we want money. So the that's not, what it seems like. The not putting down designers thing, I would love to sit in on their meetings because like I've always worked in design fields. So there's a difference between like putting down your employees or critiquing the design work, which is a very common part of mm -hmm. like any design field. So I would love to sit on the meetings where like they're critiquing or reviewing in some capacity or like if they even have them, because I just, I want to know what an EA meeting looks like where they don't put down their designers who haven't played the game. I just want to see what that meeting is. Well, that was DICE specifically, so it could be like a cultural thing because, you know, they're in Stockholm, I believe. So it's like, mm -hmm. it, it sounds like you're just, you're going a little too far in that, hey, everybody, you know, wins at the baseball game. There are no losers kind of situation. Like, oh, we don't want to hurt In a collaborative field that requires design and interaction with another yeah. human. Like, I know, you that's... have to critique and be like, hey, I think we could do this a bit better. I think we could do this work. Like, I just want to know what that meeting looks like. Is it just yeah. like everyone comes into the meeting and sits down and they sing Kumbaya? Like, what is it? Yeah, we're going to design this. And then the, the actual design, the people that have to put it all together and, and play it are like, this isn't going to be good. Like, just do it anyways. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's it's weird. It's mm -hmm. it, again that, and who knows who, who if the people that were kind of like fostered that that kind of culture are, are still there or not. So it's like you know they're they're kind of hand holding and treating everybody you know like their babies or something. Like maybe they get there. Maybe it was that person who did Candy Crush. <laughs> who knows? But, <laughs> like no, let them let them design their thing. They have good ideas. Like yeah, but it doesn't work on paper. And when you put it in the game, sorry. We'll see. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping it turns around because I, I've been a fan of the Battlefield franchise for a long time, and I, you know, I want to see it. I want you never want to see a game do poorly. You always want to see mm -hmm. a game do well. Like even if it's something that you don't care about, like I don't care about Halo. I don't want to see Halo fail. You know, I don't play Xbox. I don't want to see them fail. Like I, you still want people yeah. to succeed. So it's like I don't, I don't play Battlefield. I'll never play Battlefield. I don't necessarily care about battlefield on a personal level but it still sucks to see so many people disappointed by something they love i mean it, it would be i think of it as like if you know if a patch for 14 or an expansion for 14 came out and it just didn't work and it sucked and the writing was bad mm -hmm. and it's just like that's really disappointing and you never yeah. want to see that so yeah exactly especially like when you had a long 
line of like strong games. Like you had Battlefield yeah. 3, everybody loved Battlefield 4. People loved it. it. had some launch problems. There were just some server-side problems, but it wasn't, in hindsight, it's like it wasn't that big of a deal. Like those got ironed out. Like that's that's what happened in that era of, you know, PS4 and Xbox One where it's like, yeah, you would have these servers because more people are gaming now, yada, yada. And you'd, but you'd get them ironed out, but the game itself was good. And then Battlefield 1, everybody loved. Some people the hardcore like battlefield two and three people didn't like as much but it was still a great game like one was fantastic and then five five was good um they changed they try to change a little too much on the gameplay side so i had some problems but they they shaped that up over time they had some great expansions the pacific expansion is really good you know what have you and people liked it but that that was kind of the where it started to go a little bit downhill because that's when that candy crush person some of those people who are now i think gone kind of came on so it's like they I think it's when they start pushing a little too much and it's like, ah. but yeah, but yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. And then, yeah, the other bit of shakeup was, um, with Activision, uh, some of the, it, it wasn't reported on, but I saw on Twitter where one of the QA people for Raven software, who they work on Warzone, they, Activision came in and just got rid of a bunch of the QA team. Uh, they, they tell them like they, for weeks, they've been talking about, you know, uh, getting more people hired and also raise increases. And they had reassured them like, yeah, we're working on that f- on some stuff, you know, yada, yada. And then just this week out of nowhere, they just started calling people in one by one and just getting rid of them. And now it's like the people that are left in that QA team are just like super concerned about their, you know, what they're going to be doing. And it's just like, it's, it's nuts that, you know, you see this of course, this sounds like something that Activision would do, even though they got billions of dollars. Say, yeah, I was just gonna say it that that's less surprising. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, it's a it sucks to see. And I'm sure that'll be reported on on Monday by all the sites once a because I think it was yesterday when it kind of came out that this was happening. But yeah, restructuring. I mean, we'll see. Hopefully the EA one goes goes well, but it's a a wait and see. It kind of depends on how these patches go and then I think, uh, oh, one of the things that happened too was like there was a leak. So where an update went live and of course everybody data mines updates. You know, we talk about this with like uh, with Apex and and Fortnite and all this stuff. And that's how people mm-hmm. find out about things that are going to happen because they, they preload it in all these games. And one of the things was this uh, Santa Claus skin for one of the characters in Battlefield 2042. And it wasn't like crazy where you look at Santa, but like he had, you know, the red, you know, jacket on and everything and he had his beard was you know dyed white and it was very like what is this in battlefield and they did say so everybody there's uproar from the community like what the hell are you I doing i loved that skin i thought that skin was <laughs> so good it it looks i mean it doesn't look bad but it doesn't fit the tone that's another people have the problem with the game it's, it's like fucking christmas <laughs> but it doesn't fit 2042 because the tone of 2042 is that the idea is that there are no major the uh, military anymore. Like there's no U.S. military, no Russian military, nothing. So that's why Santa had to get involved. Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> but it's it's all these these notepads who are trying to just this group of people that got together. We talk about how it was kind of this cool idea. Like natural disasters have caused all these problems. There's like food shortages and everything and droughts and whatnot. And they kind of get together and they made their own military to help, you know, fight for these people who, who can't fight for themselves. So it's kind of like it's, they just band together. Not even people who are necessarily 
didn't have previous military training. It's just like, oh, this person happened to be a medic. Okay, you're doing this. And so they had this idea of, oh, this is awesome. Like this this lore they set up, they had a this uh like trailers leading up to it, like this whole storyline that was really good. And then even in game, like a lot of the end game dialogue, it's just totally cringy for these characters. What they say, it's like it's like this doesn't fit the lore you established. Like it was supposed to be dire and you know we're all coming together for the greater good, the greater good. But we're you have this cheesy ass dialogue at the end of the rounds and the Santa Claus thing. It's like, do not. And they, they did say like it was for some other one time use thing. So I thought like, okay, maybe it could have been like in the portal mode, like, Hey, in portal mode, you can make a game and you can give the skin to this character. That way it wouldn't be in the base game, but you can make like a, a fun little portal game or something like that. But yeah, it got huge uproar. And then after the shakeup, they're like, yeah, no, the new heads are like, yeah, we're not doing Santa Claus. <laughs> and so they they scrapped it. So clearly that, that must have been. me. I love that. <laughs> it's yeah. not like the, I'm sorry. You. If you can't like add a little bit of humor to your game, I'm assuming it was like a one-time event kind of thing or something like that. But like, if I was playing Last of Us multiplayer and there was like a fucking clicker with a Santa hat on, I would die laughing. I think the problem is that if the game launched great and was good from the start, yeah, there'd be less of an uproar about it. But because yeah, it has okay. so many I problems they have to focus part. on, it's in, it's such a crap show right now. Like, but I'm sure the art designers aren't the ones patching bugs. Sure, but like you could have put this in. Like a lot of people, problem people have is like the character models themselves don't look anywhere near what the concept art and everything that they showed beforehand. Like they go, these people just look derpy as hell. Like make them look good. Like like there's some the bot characters that play in the game. Like when there's not actual players, like look really good and they look like the the announcement trailer characters like they're like let us look like these guys these actually look good the the skins you have right now in the game of these characters just look crappy they they're like give us better characters like you you had the concept art for it you had these trailers with the stuff look great these some of these characters don't look great we want them redesigned to look better like give us better skins and then to have this leak it's like oh here's a santa claus skin instead of being like oh here's like an actual upgraded skin for these characters that don't match their concept art and everything that was in the the trailers leading up like it's like yeah i can see that being like okay this is Mm -hmm. this is obnoxious but and like it it would probably be a different um it probably wouldn't be an issue if the santa skin matched the vibe like if it was you know army santa or whatever or just like I don't know. I what I saw of it was very limited because obviously I'm not like involved in that side of gaming and the internet and everything. But it was like if it if it looked like just one of the characters, one of the good characters or what they're supposed to look like in in a Santa costume or just matched the actual aesthetic and vibe of the game more easily, people probably wouldn't have an issue with it. But yeah, because there's all these other issues that the community thinks they should be focusing on and it also looks like it was ported from a different game that's where i feel like the issue is it's like if it actually looked good people would be like okay this is fine this is also an indication that they're listening and we are going to get better like normal i guess quote unquote normal skins eventually but (laughs) the fact that they're just kind of like leaning into this like problem and <laughs> just continuing with it and making the Santa skin with it. It's like, I understand the frustration. It's like, oh, well you didn't even try. 
Yeah, and if the game was working and it was like an LTM where like there is a map that's like in the Arctic and there's like penguins there and stuff. Like if it's like, mm-hmm. oh, it's Christmas time, so there's an LTM where like if you play on that map, everyone has like a holiday skin. And it's like it's yeah. just a it's a limited time thing and it's only yeah. on this map, you know, there's Christmas lights, you know, it's a little silly. Obviously it doesn't match tone, but it's an LTM that's totally fine. Like yeah. that would be different. And, and granted, they didn't have a chance to explain exactly what how this is gonna be used. But it's it's just it looks bad on top of everything else that's that's bad. So, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, because there's like, you know, I'm like when you see it in like Fortnite, you know, it's like everything, every skin they put in that game makes sense. It's like, yeah, it fits that art style in Apex when they do like the holiday season skins. Like, yeah, that's fine. It It's people run them, you know, every now and then it looks silly, but it it doesn't take away from that game because it's a battle royale you know they they have goofy skins in warzone as well or like people that look like mm-hmm. glowing demons like it's well, i'm it's, sorry it's you fun. guys hate <laughs> joy and christmas you're right it makes me Bye. think of <laughs> it makes me think of overwatch like uh, as much as as many like I, I other problems with that things but like the holiday skins looked cohesive they still looked like everything else they had the same art direction they they fit in with everything else and then there's even some skins that like if you didn't know that that was a holiday skin you probably would just think it's some kind of special or rare skin or something like that but it's like i i get it like you there is no like context to it at this point but the fact that it doesn't look like it could have any viable context is the problem i think yeah and they they had like his skins kind of started in uh five where you could unlock outfits but all the outfits were era appropriate for the time so like different yeah. german soldier outfits different american and british outfits like um they would have of course skins for the guns and stuff you can unlock and like that's whatever there's always been gun skins and you know it's only you really see it because it's first person people are not going to mm-hmm. run up and see your, your gun but there was nothing that would be like initially super crazy i think there was only like one costume or outfit later on that people thought was kind of goofy but it was still kind of appropriate but i think it was like near end of life like uh, during the pacific update but mm-hmm. it was never anything like this so I, I think that's where it's like suddenly it's like uh-oh you're because this definitely makes it seem like you're going down that battle pass free to play pump it full of skin so all the whales support it kind of path and like the hardcore yeah. battlefield fan base. I mean, it's it is going down that path. Like, <laughs> that's not an inaccurate statement. But well, it sounds like it'll go like that with what maybe what Ripple Effect and what the Seattle yeah. Studio are going to be like. Maybe them. You'll still have the core, the hardcore dice, the battlefield franchise because they've said repeatedly how important this franchise is to them. Um, the you know EA and, and what and dice and whatnot. So it's like you can have your base game and then have people do their own things off. Like have someone make the battle Royale with the, you know, cause they tried it with firestorm, but they were late to the game. And also it was like, you, you did it in battlefield five, which wasn't the best platform for it probably. Cause it's like at the time you still had to fix up some, uh, some issues. They even delayed it. So like they were late to the game there as well. And it wasn't like it was super bad. It was just, again, that thing where it, it came so late that firestorm just didn't take off. But if you have your own standalone, you know, FTP, skins and whatnot but it's battlefield you know so you got destruction you got the vehicles and whatnot it's like okay then you can do that and it could be there and then people who like brs and and still like battlefield can play there if it plays well whatnot and then you just keep it out of your base game with the multiplayer and you have skins but have more appropriate skins or or bring like because people talk about like there's you know oh let us do the battlefield 3 skins but like in battlefield 4 like those 
those characters from the classes and let us put them onto the the specials that they would kind of you know correlate to and whatnot. But but yeah, it's uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, we can go ahead and move on now to what we've been playing. We'll start with Isley because I know exactly what Isaiah is going to say. But Isley, you <laughs> you were playing and some Walker. some uh, Lego thing I saw. Well, that's not so much a game as the fact that I discovered that Lego Studio by Bricklink exists, which is a computer program for free to build Legos. And okay. It's not at all a game. It is just that I love Legos, but can't afford to spend $400 and have surprisingly enjoyed building little models in it. So, yeah, that has eaten up a disturbing amount of my time the past week since <laughs> discovering it existed. Like, an embarrassing amount of time. Um, but the best part is, you know, since I work in architecture, uh, when my girlfriend has gotten home, she hasn't realized yet that sometimes the program that she's looking at is a Lego program and not one of my work programs. That, that's funny. So she thinks I'm like doing work and she'll be like, oh, I'll leave you alone. And I'm like, yes. Excellent. Excellent. Yes. Alone. Will, Everything turned out better continue. than expected. I will continue working. We'll fight about this later. <laughs> um, but for actual games, I did finish Subnautica Below Zero. Or rather, I finished it mostly while you were watching that one night, uh, with the exception of administering the antidote. Mm-hmm. And... I spent like a day after that, not a day, like a few hours after that, going through old, uh, old logs in the game and old audio files in the game to find out where the antidote was. And there's obviously spoilers for Below Zero if you haven't played it. Uh, there's a log that states, you know, that she hid it in a little cave. Um, nearby and then the log you find at one of the bases so i went back to that base and i searched in the caves and couldn't find it and then i had like the stupid moment of like god damn it i need that stupid spy penguin Mm -hmm. so went back got the spy penguin found the antidotes um no problems with that so far uh but then after administering the antidote and kind of diving into it i'm like well this antidote is made with like a pepper and a bay leaf essentially. And I'm like, that seems to kind of break the continuity of Subnautica. And I think it kind of ties into like my experience with below zero as a game as a whole, which is that I love the elements of Subnautica and I love the world and like the crafting and exploration and how you kind of follow a progression path in the games by finding vehicles that allow you to explore further that allow you to find new materials to upgrade your vehicles to explore further uh that part i love but the realization i kind of had after finishing below zero is that in subnautica the story and the mystery of it all drove me a lot in below zero i feel like it has an extremely strong start with the mystery that kind of aligns with subnautica but the reason I lost track of playing the game and just started base building is that I I feel like Below Zero doesn't really continue through with that mystery to the end. And 
the later zones and below zero aren't as interesting. Uh, and it just, I don't know, it kind of felt like the writing was a bit sloppier in below zero. It felt like it needed more polish to iron out some of the stuff. And I went down a rabbit hole reading about it and its development history. And a lot of it just seems like kind of confusing and odd. So the big thing I mentioned to you is just that the antidote is made of like two really common ingredients. So why couldn't this alien intelligence or a team of engineers synthesize these two common ingredients? Or maybe they could, in which case, if the antidote was so common, um, then the Altair scientists may potentially have had anything, everything under control. Well, they, they do talk about how the in the in the Leviathan that's frozen, it's mutated. So it's not quite the same as the Kara from the base game. Also, the freeze was a flash freeze um, the, for below zero. Like it, the, it, the planet froze suddenly. That's kind of like why that, that Leviathan stuck the way it is. Um, so I'm sure a lot of that flora wasn't there necessarily. It kind of like developed after the fact, like to adapt to this, this sudden change in climate. So it could be... You know, because of the adaptation and how these these ingredients exist, which weren't there on the original planet, uh, that and because the virus had mutated. Oh, wait, that, this is the original planet, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But the 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 I'm saying like the the Arctic zones weren't there on the original in the first game. Like this this freeze came out of nowhere. Like it was just a sudden freeze, like climate change, and it happened before the. Uh, it happened before the cure happened. So it's like they, you know, so the virus, the car virus experiment, because I think that's how the virus came out. It's like they were, the guys are experimenting with it, right? Like that's what happened. And then it kind of got out and infected the planet in the first game. Um, and then they all left, but they quarantined the planet. They had the, the you know, the, the laser and whatnot. And yeah. then, then at some point during the whole outbreak, there was this sudden climate change freeze, freezes the, the dude. So all the, Alan and his friends are gone. They're not there anymore. Subnautica happens. You cure it, but you can't cure this one because it's frozen in this ice section. But the virus is mutated on that Leviathan that's frozen as well. So now it's like, okay, now there's plants that existed before uh, when the alien, when the guys were there to actually, you know, the, the what do they call them? What should call them? Engineers? The one lady? Um or like the architects. I can't remember some um, basic I, space I, term I, architects I think, or yeah, engineers. I think architects. It, architects is very halo, but yeah, I think she calls them architects in the audio logs. The one, uh, one of the other uh, lab people who you get the audio logs for, but yeah, so like they're gone. So it could be a case of where like, Oh, they could have done. I mean, you do it with three plant life in the first one. Um, you get well, three, you do it with that. And also the enzyme or the eggs right. from, from from the leviathan Leviathan, yes but you also do use the plants three plants you find underwater there so it's like i i can see it's like okay well this one's mutated and sure it's like okay you don't have you know another you know alien talking to you leviathan's like you got to go talk to and get her babies to secrete this enzyme after you know yet they get hatched and yada yada the problem with that i have is that like in the first game, they make such a big deal about how the virus is so deadly and so rare that the only cure is the King Leviathan. I can't remember exactly what the Leviathan is referred to. It's like the King Leviathan or the Emperor Leviathan or whatever. But 
that the only cure is these enzymes from this extremely dangerous Leviathan. And that's why they had to go to this planet. And in the second game, like, I honestly feel like this would have solved my major issue with it. Just add in some bullshit reason why you have to like find emperor eggs again or something to get the enzyme again, because that was apparently in earlier builds. And then they removed, they removed all mentions of it and they removed the Leviathans from the later builds um, and from the cure. So they intentionally made the cure just like a pepper and a bay leaf. Yeah. And they could have done something too, where it's like, you know, at this point, the cure's already been deployed when you get there and below zero. So it could be like, well, clearly the, you know, antibodies, if you will, are in the fish, you know, just, just sure. scan a fish, dissect it and be like, okay, there, and then put it with the bay leaf and the, the hot pepper, you know, Which, do something like that. Like that's kind of my head cannon, but it doesn't really explain away the whole, like, if that's the case, why didn't Sam just cure the frozen Leviathan instead of blowing herself up and doing nothing? Like, that's the struggle I have with the game is there's a lot of things that, I don't know. In the first game, Altera was evil. There were the sound logs about, like, how much you owed. And even when you escape, there's the comment that you owe, like, a billion or trillion gold or diamonds or whatever back to Altera. And everything you find is like, oh, my God, Altera is this satirical you know, middle management company that controls the world. And in Below Zero, it was more like, okay, Altera just sounds like an averagely run office that I've worked at in the past. And Sam sounds like a terrorist. Well, yeah, they're they're also secretly trying to manipulate the Kara virus without telling Sam and keeping it a secret from her. Like, that's what they're doing. Like, they're trying to use it for, you know, quote unquote, medical applications. You know, they're they're the umbrella corporation essentially just like you know they're going to use it for military use like that that's kind of the implications there and so she doesn't want it to get out and be like if something goes wrong it's like is it better to be like do the benefits outweigh the risk and it's like in the case of the car virus i'd be like she's like nah this but this. that's why i mean she should have cured it like in right right the game the implication is when you cure it it goes away not that it's like treated or it goes dormant or something but that the cure actually cures it so mm -hmm. had she cured it she would have eliminated the virus in the frozen leviathan problem solved you don't need to blow yourself up yeah it's yeah so there there are some things there because she even you know because she hides the the cure there so it's like yeah why couldn't she do it it could be because it's something that just probably didn't get finished in development because again it's just a side thing in the game too it's not even like the main thing whereas like obviously in yeah. the first I'm not gonna, you have to cure it to even leave because of the that, the protocol yeah that was odd to me too is that it just finding the antidote antidote i mean when you were watching me that one night i thought i had beaten the game and then i messaged you because i'm like this feels like the end and you told me it was and i hadn't cured the leviathan yet so it really mm -hmm. was just like a random side quest which uh, again, I loved Below Zero. I still thought it was a great game. It just, there were some aspects near the end that definitely felt like something happened in development and then you read about it and it kind of sounds like stuff did happen in development. Yeah. Just that I mean, it was rushed and they tried to get it out quick. Even if like, I would have been fine even if it wasn't like, hey, some Leviathan's Frozen has a mutated version of the Kara virus and like if something else happened to her sister... And, you know, she got eaten by a Leviathan or there was an accident, you know, yeah, whatever. It's like, I like the rest of the story. It's like you you find Alan and there's, you know, the what's the name of the lady you meet who has the the animal with oh, her? God, I can't remember. And I just played the game. Like, Maureen, I, I like the whole. Maurice, something like, something that. like that. Yeah, 
I like reading the the logs. They're playing like that that uh social deduction alien game you can read about. They all, they have in the audio logs. Like I still like exploring the planet and helping Alan get his you know him telling you the backstory of uh, his people, how he he's the one who who caused the problem and he feels bad. Uh, and then yeah, I like everything else just leaving. But yeah, like they could have not had any of the car virus there, and I would have been totally fine. But yeah, it, it definitely feels like hey, we have this idea, but it's like we can't quite finish it and it's been so long let's just get the game out there simple fix you know a pepper and a lettuce let's get it in there and then uh we're done it feels like yeah if they had had some extra time they probably could have could have done because i wonder if if this i forget if this released on pc initially before they got acquired by tencent or if it was after so i'm wondering if it was like a financial thing you said you did a lot of reading. Like, I, I wonder if it was a finance thing. Like, they were just running out of money, so it kind of got rushed. Like, had Tencent bought them previously, then maybe it could have been like, even though again, I don't like Tencent buying up a bunch of people. But uh, had they had the money beforehand, maybe they could have, you know, developed it further. Maybe if they do a third Subnautica or something, because obviously this formula works. I mean, people love the game. The that gameplay loop is just a lot of fun, and I like the whole. I mean, the land well, stuff was. Okay, I felt like that was a little padded out with having to go through giant sections, but I did like the main beats of the land section. Basically, what happened or what I read about with the game is that they developed a lot of the story and world, and the main writer left, and someone else had to take over with not really any idea what Subnautica was about. So they had all of the assets and like, the maps were developed, the world was developed, like this, all the systems were developed, but the story wasn't anymore. Uh, so they tried to like piece stuff together, which is why it feels so weird at the end. Uh, and I, I just think that that does come through, unfortunately. Yeah, I guess if they have a blueprint, because I feel like the stuff with Alan like works, like you, you go, you get his body, you build him up, he wants to, you going to go home with him, yada, yada. But yeah, it, you know, and she's trying to figure out what happens to her sister. It's just like, yeah, the, the conclusion with her sister and then the, the car virus stuff definitely feels like, okay, someone just quickly, quickly wrote it if you lose the main writer. But, but yeah, we'll, I'll be curious to see what they do with a, another one if they make another game within the, that's the same style. Cause like I said, I, I love them. I'll, I'll talk about it in my section, but I'm replaying the first one right now. So, uh, anything else you playing or just, uh, just that? Um, yeah, I think that was it. I mean, that and Legos. Did and you buy the Assassin's Creed Gold Edition or whatever? I did buy it, yeah. I got the edition that has all the DLC, and it was mm-hmm. like 30 bucks or 40 bucks for the complete edition with all the DLC. Yeah. So that seemed like a pretty good deal. It seemed like it was like 20 bucks for the base game and 20 bucks for the DLC. Yeah, because it was like it was like $37.99 for the Gold Edition, which was just some of the Berserker content, and that that is typically seventy nine ninety nine, and then the deluxe additional alternate that you got is like the uh, ninety nine ninety nine, and it's only yeah. thirty nine. It's two bucks more than the other one. I'm like, why yep. wouldn't you? It's only that was the one I got. Was the hundred dollar yeah, yeah. one for like forty bucks? Yeah, because like you get the base game and all the DLC. That's a great deal. Plus, and plus, there's a lot of other stuff that's happening between them. Like a lot of the festival stuff that you can do now. Um, I think that's you could still go back and do do all that stuff. But yeah, there's a lot of little things in there. That'll be a good time. That'd be fun. That'd be definitely one if I'm playing something like Oni or whatnot that I'd be like, hey, stream this. I want to watch well, it. The game I need to like get into and like figure out more is like Stardew Valley because I'm I'm going home for the holidays. So 
my Switch will be my main gaming platform while I'm home, so it's probably going to be like Breath of the Wild and Stardew Valley. Yeah, when I saw you post that Lego thing, I was like, I feel like you should be playing Unpacking. I was like, why isn't is he playing Unpacking? <laughs> I I have like four games. I mentioned this in Discord, but I have like four games that are like building games slash life sims slash whatever. Like I could play Animal Crossing or Stardew Valley. Um, I could pick up, you know, one of those unpacking games i could get one of the lego games where things like this are an option within the game except trophies and a storyline but instead i choose the program that people use to design legos i don't <laughs> i don't know yeah i've heard Happy that the, home paradise the story that is there and unpacking is supposed to be pretty good too like uh because you don't it's not direct story it's more like you get the story by seeing how this person's life changes between every time they move like you know they they meet someone i think it's uh i think it's a woman who's the character i i don't know i i can't remember but it's uh, all like, completely environmental yeah it's like they they get in a relationship then you see the move after the breakup and then you see this like there's a lot of stuff going on I, i'm assuming like some pretty heavy stuff probably could happen but uh yeah there's uh apparently people said like it's a pretty it's a good story that's gotten made them kind of emotional like you know playing this <laughs> game but um yeah, I can see that, like, hop into that at some point. I think it's on everything. But uh, So, Zai, I know you, Shadowbringers, we didn't talk about it in new releases, but uh, is this the early, not Shadowbringer, Endwalker. Yeah, this is the early, a is this the early access one for it? Yes. People? Okay. Early access was yesterday, Friday. Um, it went up at 1 a.m. Um, I had to work. So I was like, that's fine because the servers are getting just completely slammed and people are having errors and not being able to log in and everything like that. But then I also realized that I get home at um, like Pacific time, prime time. So it still took me three hours to log in yesterday. Uh, but yeah, this is early access. The actual full public launch is on Tuesday. Okay. Yes, I know this is a lot of people get in there and you haven't had a chance to really like, do much in there. You just kind of did, uh, I, Fantasia. yeah, I, it, it took me three hours to log in. And once I finally logged in, basically the only thing I really did was, um, I got on each of my main jobs and just kind of looked at some of the job changes. Um, I played around with red mage a little bit to see how the rotations kind of changed because some of the, I would say key skills have changed. So it kind of changes the way you do your rotation and the way that you play. Um, I haven't quite gotten used to it yet, but I haven't really done any content with it. I've just been hitting a striking dummy. Um, I got on summoner and all of my skills are grayed out. So I was like, I'll deal with that later. Uh, and then I went and un unlocked Sage and that was all I really did. And probably about midnight, I was like, getting kind of sleepy so i thought okay i'll log out to the character screen if i can't log back in or if it still doesn't pull the character data i'll just close it and take a shower and go to bed but <laughs> if it does pull it i'm gonna make my bunny because i couldn't do it on the initial login because mm -hmm. when you get to the character selection it's like unable to pull character data so you can't it's not registering your actual characters use the Fantasia so you can't get in and do it. So I just logged in with my normal character and was kind of doing stuff like that. 
So I logged out to the character screen and all the character information popped up. And it was like, do you want to activate your Fantasia and re-edit your character? And I said, yes, I actually you were like, do. I do. Thank you. I do. Thank you for asking. I'm so excited. So I made my bunny and I logged in with my bunny and I very quickly and quietly mourned all of my glamours because now they're all broken. And then I just kind of fiddled around a little bit with some stuff, looked at some items. There's some items that I'm going to have to take out of my storages, take to the Calamity Salvager and trade them for the bail counterparts, which is annoying. I don't know if I even want to bother doing that. Um, and then I just kind of stared at him for a little bit and then I logged out and went to bed at like 2 a.m. <laughs> I'm enjoying doing my bunny. So basically the only thing I've really done is I've played with Sage a little bit. Um. I can't pronounce any of the skills. I don't know what the fuck it is. I have a skill called... Um, I have a, the only thing I remember is I have a skill called Phlegma, and I only remember that because I made a Phlegma nuts joke. <laughs> and I, was like, and I was like, this is the only skill that I can pronounce. <laughs> but um, the only thing I really did do is I, I looked in duty... <laughs> This is stupid. <laughs> I looked in Duty Finder and I saw that all of the roulettes were in need of tanks. So I was like, fuck it. I'll, I'll take advantage of that and I'll get a little bit of EXP on Dark Knight. Um, so I hopped on Dark Knight and I went into um, Main Scenario Roulette just to get... I need some. I need tombstones and I needed some EXP. So I was like, fuck it. I'll just do that. Got into Main, um, main Scenario Roulette and... Uh, Two, both the healers were sages and there were three reapers. So by the time we actually got to like pulling things and like the boss fight, I there were so many like effects and sounds and things going on that I didn't recognize that I just suddenly forgot how to play the game. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going to push this one button and, per and hope that I'm actually tanking anything. Um, Turns out when there's two sages in your party, it basically just sounds like you're playing Galaga, and I think that's hilarious. That's funny. But that's all I've really done. So I'm I'm finally on right now. Like funny enough, I actually got through the queue, like as you guys were talking about Zomnotica and stuff like that. So I'm playing a little bit on Sage, just seeing if I can figure out what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> yes, yeah. continue discussing Subnautica. I'm not doing anything. I, I think I was like, I was like her, her timeline's been pretty quiet. Like, no, in between stuff, like, she must finally get through the queue. <laughs> yeah, I got in the queue, and then I just muted my mic because I knew there were going to be keyboard sounds in the background. But um, that's basically all I'm really doing is just, I don't, I don't know what any of the skills are. I don't know what any of the skills are called. I just kind of am figuring out what I'm doing. I can't pronounce anything and that's fine. I make the pew pew and that's all that's really needed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, still just playing some Oni and Subnautica. Um, I did have an instant where I was, I was playing Subnautica and I was exploring a piece of salvage. It was like, I think earlier in the week and, uh, the kid was kind of, talking to me i think from the other room or something like i was asking him like wait from i forget what but he's kind of talking but i was exploring like this this wreckage and then like mm -hmm. i got at one point got like turned upside down in it like because it it's funny because like in dead space uh i have that issue where when i go into zero g i just get discombobulated i'm like i which way is which yeah. but in subnautica it's like i don't really have that even though i'm underwater and i can go in any direction but 
I somehow got turned around inside this wreckage and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to die. <laughs> I, I couldn't get out of it. I'm like, not like this. And I'm like, I can't, I know I'm on survival and I have things, but I got distracted by the kid. I can't, I can't do this. So I, I like quit and I downloaded a, uh, uh, a cloud save and I was like, no, I can't. I gotta, I gotta go. I, <laughs> I gotta get I out. I gotta get out. Like, if I'm going to, if I'm going to die, I want to die. Like, you know, from, you know, when I'm paying attention. Uh, so I had a, I had to save scum to, to keep going. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that, that game, I, I love that game because seeing Izzy play Below Zero, I was like, I want to go back and play the first one. Although it's funny, like replaying it and being like, I see like, oh, you need fiber mesh. I'm like, you know, having all this knowledge, I'm like, fiber mesh, I think that's crepe vine. And I go and hit the crepe vine. It's like, oh, you learned how to make fiber mesh. I'm like, yeah, I knew it. And then uh, being reminded as well, like how forgetting how important silver is and like so much of the early game just drives me crazy. I, I hate that you need two silver to make wiring kits. I'm like, why are you making wires out of silver? I was like, just let me wiring kits be like titanium and copper. Like, let me, let me do something that's a little more easier to come by. Like I hate, I hate trying to get silver. It's like, I, then I'm, I'm farming these little like rock formations that drop like three potential ingredients. And one of them silver. I'm just like, okay, let's hope I get it. It's like, no, I got this. I'm like, I wanted silver because I, I know I need to stock up on this because I know I need silver for all the wiring kits to make then the advanced wiring kits. It's like, ah, it just drives me crazy. Um, and I also feel like parts in that, like, and I knew too, like, I also like beeline it for certain sections. I, I feel like this is, before I touch on these other bits, that's something I notice in this game, which I feel is like a prior knowledge and experience is can be detrimental in this game because now I'm kind of beelining it towards things I know I want to do. Like, I'm like, okay, I want, like, before I even get the Seamoth or anything, I'm like, I know I want, okay, I'll build a quick base, small thing, just so I can do some stuff. I upgrade my gear, get the fins, get the O2 tank upgrades, you know, get that, get the radiation suit, you know, get, look for the laser cutter, you know, fix the, fix the Degasi's, uh, reactor before it explodes you know because you can't like ex- leave my area the shallows without getting radiation and mm-hmm. i'm like okay but now i want to i want to beeline it to the island the the north island and i want to get the i want to get all the stuff because they have like the a bunch of stuff i can scan for base building and i want to get some of the plants that are there um so i get all that stuff and then i go back um and then i do everything but then later uh i'm like going around looking for something I'm like so I, I'm like, I need where I'm at now. I'm like, okay, I need some stuff. I'm like, one, I don't have. Oh, so that's what it was. It was <clears throat> because I did all this kind of like go my way. It's like at one point I had like you find the level one, the Mark one depth module for the Seamoth early on. I think you find it in the Degasi or you find it somewhere like it, it's you get it super quick. It's like, hey, here you go. Um, but to make the Mark two depth mod, you need uh i believe it's magnetite and then some other stuff and but to make the mark three you need like you need the mark two module i think like something easy and then like a ruby and like i had found tons of rubies in this one area i went to um i think it was like near a a distress call because typically anytime those comes i go i i'll go to the distress beacon get that because sometimes they'll have like a new blueprint for like an o2 tank or an ultra glide fin or something um they might have something useful and I was near one and it was like, there was rubies everywhere near this one, uh, this one distress beacon. And typically rubies are a little deeper 
Um, especially because for the Mark three, you need rubies. And I'm like, so clearly you'd have to go deeper than 300 meters, which is how far the, the, I believe the Mark one gets you. But, um, anyways, so I was like, I had all these rubies. I'm like, I can easily make the Mark three depth module for my Seamoth, but I don't have the magnetite to make the Mark two. I'm like, okay, well clearly it, the magnetites, there's always one ingredient. Like anytime I play these games, that have mechanic, I replay like a Tomb Raider, do anything. There's always one thing I'll forget. And I'm like, where the hell is magnetite? And I'm like, I know it's in a cave system. And because I, I missed it the first time I played the game, because when you have the Seamoth, if at least on the PS4 version, if you didn't go close enough to the ocean floor or the cave walls, you wouldn't spawn in the materials because the LOD distance and the pop in, you wouldn't see them. So that's like the biggest detriment to that game is the uh, level of detail and pop in distance for valuable resources. That game should always prioritize resource over everything else over, you know, grass and foliage and all that stuff. Just pop in the resources. That way, if I'm 75 meters away, I can still see them. Uh, and the PS five version at least does a better job of that. So, cause I remember like I missed that the first time I was in the cave system where they spawn. Cause I didn't fly close enough to the ground to see it. So, this, I was like, okay, where the hell is Magnetite? I didn't want to look up, like, you know, go onto the wiki and find it. I'm like, I played this game multiple times. You know, I've done two full playthroughs and messed around a couple of times. Like, I can find the Magnetite. And I know, obviously, okay, it has to be as far as I can go with the Seamoth as it is currently. Because that's kind of how the game goes. Like, you need resources to upgrade to go deeper. Those resources you need are going to be at, typically at the max, near the max steps you can go currently killing me because i remember where the magnetite is right so (laughs) yeah so i i did find it eventually but what annoyed me is that the area that it is the game doesn't push you to the area um the only thing the game does is earlier on because i beelined it to the island the north island as i went past the ai does go scans in this area indicate a vast cave system blah 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 but that was like earlier there's, uh, I think, magnetite <laughs> where it pushes you. Um, the very first base you go across or come across where you have to like dive down and it's like two or three hundred meters underwater, uh, and you go down there to explore and like scan things, and it's like just barely out of your range. That cave system has a ton of magnetite in it. Yeah, it's it's the pink mushroom cave with the with the sea worms. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly yeah. what it is. The problem is it the game doesn't push you there. There's no really. Uh, I thought that like the game tells you there's like a base nearby. Doesn't it give you like the warning of like some Altera base detected nearby or something like that? Again, this is going back to the fact that I'm not playing the game in the exact order it wants me to, and how that can be detrimental because I went to the island. Uh, the North Island, and I scanned everything. And then, you know, they talk about, typically that's when you normally play through it, that's where you would play, and then uh, you'd find all the audio logs and whatnot, and then it'd be like, it would kind of push you, um, I think you, there is definitely a, I think it gives you like a visual, like a beacon, or there's something it tells you, like it'll be, it's down there, like to go that way, to push you that direction. But because I did things out of order or whatnot, it didn't do it. And the only thing it ever told me when I went through that area was, you know, there's a vast cave system. So I went down there like, yeah, I I was like, okay, it's this place. Here it is. Like I knew it was somewhere like, okay, I'm going to go north shore and swim down and find it. Because I know like 
that's the area I've kind of explored the least because typically I'm doing a bunch of other stuff. Looking like I know X is over here, over here, yada, yada. I'm like, okay, so I go there and I go down and get the magnetite. I scan their base. I'm like, okay, they have the nuclear reactor as well. Um, and I don't think they had anything else in there, but like there's a, I think like a ultra, there's like an ultra glide fin down there or something down there. But uh, I go down there, I get that stuff. But yeah, it was like, there was no nothing pushing me at that point to go down there. And I think, in, like I said, in the base game, if you play normally, I think it does. Like there's, I could have swore there was like a radio beacon or there's something like an icon that you can follow to go down there versus just the game telling you there's a vast cave system earlier. So it's like that annoyed me because again, that goes back to the not playing in the order you're supposed to. That's a, can be detrimental in this game. It's like, I don't know if I bugged out the logic system. Like it's supposed to tell me, but because I didn't do it or maybe because I'm playing on survival, things are different. Like I feel like on survival, there's way more stuff around there. I, there's more Leviathans. I feel like there's more of the teleport guys. There's more of the, the zappy, you know, lizard things underwater, the zappy fish. There's more of the regular bitey fish. Like, I feel like there's more, you know, things around that can kill me. <laughs> now when I'm going, I was like, what the hell is like, there's way more of this. than there, there was when, uh, when I've ever played this before. Um, but yeah, so I got the magnetite and I was like, okay, I got that. But then the other thing I noticed, like, just like in, when I played it the first time, there's, it's, it, the game is very much, it reminds me a lot of Grand Theft Auto where, uh, now stick with me, where when you're looking for parts, it like it can be a chore to find them because you're going around all the wreck sites, you're looking for them, can I scan this, you know, what is this? But once you find them, they spawn that shit, I feel like, everywhere. Because now it's like, oh, I found the Seamoth. Now I'm finding Seamoth parts all over the place. You know, I found the bioreactor finally. Now I'm finding bioreactor parts all over the place. And it's just like, it's like when in GTA, when you finally get a nice car, suddenly the game's like, oh, that's in the, the rotation now. So we're going to spawn in that nice car for all over the map. And like that happens in every GTA game. It's like, oh, now you found it. It's in the, it's in the loot pool, essentially. So it's like, oh, you found all the parts? Well, now we're going to spawn them in everywhere. <laughs> and it's like, you motherfucker. And because that, that's the one thing that annoyed me too is because when I went to the, when I i was drowning in that wreckage on my one playthrough, there was stuff in there um, uh, for the prawn suit. And I was like, oh, I was like, nice. Because I, I had four out of five from the Degasi. And I'm like, okay. Even though I, I could have swore you got five out of five there. But um. I got four out of five of the Degassi. It's like, not that I use the prawn suit, but I like, I want to get it just so I have it. Um, and then I go into the ship. I'm like, oh, nice. There's a prawn suit here. So I scan it. You're good. But then when I quit and loaded up my other save and I went back to that same wreckage because I just beelined it there, the it wasn't there. The the pieces, they weren't there. So I'm like, it, re it spawned them elsewhere because there's like random places they can spawn. Like it can be here, here, or here. And it's like, once you find them, it just spawns with all of them. It's like, oh, now it's everywhere. But, uh, and now I'm, I'm in the same spot I was on my first and second playthroughs where I don't, I don't want the Cyclops, but you need it in the game to beat it. So I'm like, okay, well, let's get the Cyclops. And I don't have the moon pool. Like I have one room. I'm like, it annoys me. I'm like, because I didn't play the game in proper order of how it wants me. I'm like, now I'm missing the moon pool. And I'm like, which annoys me because the moon pool, I can't put, I have the upgrade station, but it only works in that building. And I'm like, I'm one of two on it. And I'm like, oh my God, I got to find the other stupid moon pool. And it's pissed me off. And then I'm like, uh, so I'm like, okay, I, this is next on my list. I have to find this dumb thing. Um, 
I have to find it more so now because I was looking for the Cyclops parts. I'm like, okay, I'm, I have a couple of Cyclops. Pieces, and I remember I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. They spawn a ton of the Cyclops parts near the back of the Degasi. And I'm like, I don't like it. I know the back of the Degasi has a Leviathan. I'm like, but I should be okay because I'm on the shallower side. I didn't go. I'm not going to crest right behind the engines, which is typically where that Leviathan is. So I'm going down. I find some pieces. I'm like, oh, nice. I found this one. I found this one. I get like. I'm getting all the rest of the components I'm missing for like the bridge, the everything else is like four parts you need for the the Cyclops or whatever. And then suddenly Leviathan out of nowhere is just floating near the surface, like in the shallows. And I'm like, oh my God, I get in my Seamoth and I don't have the upgrade for the Zap thing because that's part of the moon pool. <laughs> I need the station to do that. Oh, and no. so I can't, I can't zap him off. I'm like, oh, he'll just bite me. And then fall off like he does in the base game. Because typically he'll bite you for a while and then let you go. No. <laughs> just he just a little keeps nibble. biting. I'm like, great. Now I got to jump out of my Seamoth. So I jump out. And nothing. I'm I'm near some like crepe vines. And there's like little caves I can hide in. Dude breaks my Seamoth. Destroys it. Oh and I'm like, God. there goes my Mark 1 upgrade. And I can't make the Mark 1 upgrade unless I have the Moonpool upgrade station installed. So now I need the moon pool more than ever. And I'm so annoyed. I'm like, so I stopped last night. I'm like, that's it. I got to stop. I can't. <laughs> like, I was just going to go remake the Seamoth because I had plenty of materials. Like, that's the thing, too, I like about playing. It's like, every time I find what I need for the, the cure, I'm like, oh, there's that brain thing. There's the stock. There's this one, the angel stem. I'm like, I get them all. I have all. I'm ready for that for the end game. And like, I have like all the stuff I need. I'm hoarding resources that I know are going to be important later. I made sure to grab the blood vines right away. I got the deep sea mushrooms. I'm they're growing in my base. I'm ready to make all the end game stuff, but like, I don't have the moon pool. And so I can't make the mark one death module again. I'm so annoyed. Uh, so I, I know that the moon pool has to be, cause that's the problem too. It's like every time you load, it respawns everything in different spots. So it's like, I'm just going to have to swim around. I'm going to have to make the Seamoth and just go down to the max depth it can go to find the moon pool uh, to make that Mark 1. And it's so annoying. Uh, I'm hoping that's how it is because they give you the Mark 1, Mark 1, I believe, again, in the Degasi when you explore it. So it's like if I if this is the case to where I'm going to have trouble finding the stupid moon pool and then I have to find the... <laughs> uh, I'm missing one more part of the Cyclops hall. And I'm like, and this is... All my playthroughs have been this way. I'll find one hall piece perfectly fine, and the second one will just be super obnoxious. Again, because it spawns in different locations every time you load up. So I'm like, I'm just going to have to look for this dumb hall piece, which I'm going to need to upgrade my Seamoth back to Mark Three to get down to the deepest depths. So hopefully I can find it, even though I, I don't think it's necessarily at the super deep depths. But it's just like these little itty-bitty things that just like drive me crazy because I'm, I'm not playing in the order it wants me to. But... uh but yeah, it's it's still a lot of fun. I do I prefer to play that way now just because like, yeah, I'm going to go straight here. I'm going to go to the South Island because it has a bunch of diamonds there I need. I need diamonds. There's diamonds in those caves. Uh, you know, I need this. I'm not answering the radio calls. <laughs> like, I didn't do the distress ship come in to save me until like way later because I just kept ignoring the radios. I was like, nah, I'm I'm busy going around. But uh, but yeah, it's it's still a lot of fun despite my issues with, you know, other things about the game if i'm not playing exactly how it wants but yeah losing my seamoth was so it was so sad i was like it just i swam down and then i just see it the parts just 
float down from the top of my screen. I'm like, oh, oh no. There it goes. And then the 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 freaking Leviathan's like trying to get me. I'm like, get me out of here. Because I, I almost had an incident where I um so you know the uh the underwater uh river, like the the gas river, I think is what they call it, the underwater gas river zone. There's like uh it's like a poison river. And there's this one section you can go down. Like there's multiple entrances down to this this underwater river area but there's one that's kind of like north east-ish or northwest-ish rather that i'd never take and it leads down to like i took it once i think when i first played the game because it takes you down to like this this tree and it's like oh there's a tree it looks like it should be a cool area but like there's no reason to go there like it's just a tree you know um but i found myself down there on a playthrough and because i i don't go that way i was totally like this is throwing me off. I don't remember this at all. And like, I had no idea what I was doing, you know, what, where I was like, I was just down there exploring. And then at one point, like I didn't see it, but this ghost Leviathan also, I hear like, a I hear like, it makes this sound. I'm like, where did that come from? And I'm playing at like 90 FOV, which I love that they have an FOV slider on the PS5 version. And I rotate my, my, Seamoth down, and then I just see this ghost Leviathan like beelining it up at me, like he must have been hiding behind something. I couldn't see him. I'm oh like, get me out of here. I was like, I was like, no, 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 I don't want to die down here because I'm like almost, I'm like 900 meters underwater. Like, there's no way I'm getting thirsty. There's no way I'm gonna make it back up, even though I have like the ultimate O2 tank you can get. Like, oh, that's another thing that pisses me off too. Is that the so they have an O2 tank a high-capacity O2 tank, a lightweight high-capacity O2 tank that lets you kind of maneuver better, and you find that, and I made it, but then you get the Ultra O2 tank, which you can only upgrade with the high-capacity O2 tank. You can't do it with the lightweight one, so now I had to... I had this light one, so I have to remake an O2 tank, so at the time I had to go find the materials. Did, did they patch the light one so that it actually does anything? I know when I played the game the first time, the lightweight O2 tank didn't actually make you faster because the heavy ones didn't actually impede your speed at all. I don't know if it's, I don't think it's a speed thing. I think when they say maneuverability, it's a turning. It's a, a turning thing, like it's agility. Like because typically in a lot of games I see where like they it it allows you to like you're not as encumbered by the O2 tank, so you can actually turn maneuver faster not initially swim faster um that's one thing i do like about below zero two is actually being able to sprint essentially and have like a stamina gauge where it's like it just uses your o2 but they have all those o2 plants in that game <clears throat> which i love i'm like oh man i would love it if they had o2 plants in this game um but yeah it's just like that annoyed me i had to remake the first tank to remake the second tank in order to make it. so I, I had this light tank i couldn't do anything with and i got so annoyed i was like ah just let me use this one but uh but yeah, it's still a lot of fun. I'm actually like, I actually planned out my base build a little more. I'm like, I'm going to build it like this. Uh, but I have this one sawtooth dude just like hanging out near my base for some reason. He keeps stealing my cameras and I keep grabbing them and hiding them, even though I don't use them. I'm like, nah, stop it. <laughs> I use these to figure out like where my base is. Like, oh, the camera's right there. So that means my base is right there. And then like I come back and I just see the icon for my camera. Like I'm crafting and the camera's on the other side of the wall, but you can see it through everything. And all of a sudden, the camera icon just starts, it wiggles, and then it just floats away. And I'm like, there he goes, stealing my camera again. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> I'm like, God, and he keeps fighting all these these other fish things that, like, they're like, they're kind of like a, a sea lion, walrus type thing, but they have, like, these, these weird 
bulbous tails that spit these acid pods that you need for certain greens later and he keeps fighting them i'm like what are you doing i'm like why are you so close to my base i'm not in, like i'm close to the kelp forest but i'm not encroaching on the kelp forest why are you over here but stop stealing my cameras man and, and you get like four cameras and i hit two of them pretty well but i guess i'm gonna have to the other two he just keeps getting i'm like you motherfuckers just, i need these for to find out where i gotta go like typically i just use like the your escape pod i'll use that as navigation because i'm kind of on the the what the eastern side of the shallows uh it's it's easier to navigate there but yeah it's a it's still a fun game um i put like way more glass in my base so i can actually see way more underwater so that's a lot of fun although putting glass in that game is like structural integrity shoots down i'm like oh i gotta build these stupid dumb base plates which i hate because like once you build them you can't get rid of them typically Just build it's the like, reinforcing things I that I don't want reinforced walls because I wanted to have as many windows as I could. So I built as many windows as I could because I had all window tubes. I had basically all windows in my reactor room with all my plants. Uh, and then I wanted to have I didn't need as many windows in my uh, fabrication area and my storage because it's like it's near the shallows. And at one point, the way I built my base, like this little grid thing, it kind of like one side is just looking at the rest of my base. I kind of don't need that. Uh, so I did, I was like, okay, I build a uh, bulkheads, bulkhead doors. Cause those are super strong and easy to make in the early game. Um, Cause I think you just need uh, lithium and titanium to make those. And like lithium super easy to come by. And then the reinforced is like, I forget what else you needed, but it was like, whatever it was, I just didn't want to farm that resource at that time. Um, I think it was um, magnetite for reinforced. Um, but yeah, so I was like, okay, I'll make some bulkheads because I can just open those doors and they could stay open. And then in my fabrication room, I put in three reinforced walls and then I put in three windows. Um, but yeah, just making everything. I wish they had, I wish the T and the plus pieces could be made out of glass. It annoys me that they can't. Like you can put little itty bitty windows in them, but it annoys me that. And the one thing I hate too about that game is like the collision detection for placing anything down. Like I wanted to put down my water filtration unit in the same room that I fabricate and have like all my other storage. But because I have one little locker up on a wall, like even though that I could like, it gives you like the blueprint placement for the thing. It says it's red, but it doesn't tell me what's clipping, but I'm like, it's not touching the wall, the thing that's right there on the wall. But I know if I got rid of it, it'd be like, Oh, you're good now. Like I, I hate it. Like, just let me put it down. Cause I had that problem with, uh, what was I putting down? Oh, I had to put down the bioreactor and I had a I put down some temporary uh planter beds just to quickly get some food up. And I was like, oh now I gotta move all this crap around just so I could put this bioreactor, even though it's barely in the way of this thing. And it's like, yeah, whatever. But it's like just make the collision work a little bit. Like you can't reinforce some walls if you have stuff too close to it. It's like I you have to get like why can't I just reinforce the wall without taking everything off the wall first. Just let me reinforce it. <laughs> like it shouldn't be that hard. I'm going to put this stuff there anyways, just float it a couple millimeters away, you know, but whatever. Um, that it is the first game. So maybe they, they couldn't get it as well. I feel like I didn't have as many of those problems in below zero, but I wasn't going like crazy base building in below zero. Um, and yeah, I, I do love the C truck in below zero just cause like, I love having the fabrication module and like, storage modules just being able to make it however you want it uh is just great i wish i tried out that teleportation backpack in that game which i didn't use because like there's the teleportation in 
the base game for all the different stations. But like, I'd never use these like ever, like except for the end when you have to use the one to leave the thing. It's like I'd never use the teleportation things here. It's like and there's there's so many of them, too. It's like I don't use these. But yeah, it's it's just a fun game. Um, and yeah, and the only other thing is I, I started using my uh, barbell in some of my exercises. Now I'm going to switch to the fitness stuff that we hardly talk about. Um, and I'm the plate math is driving me crazy because I'm like, okay, God, I'm so used to my adjustable dumbbells where it's like, oh, if I want to go up five pounds, I can take out the weights that are in the handles. Five. If I want to go up 10, I just take it out, put it in the next thing. Next thing. Easy, easy. Warm up sets, super easy. Just take them out. I'm, I'm going to do 60. Okay. Then we'll do 30, 40, 50 for the warm ups. Then we'll do 60. And it's like doing it with the barbell. It's like, okay, the bar weighs 45 pounds. Okay. So, it, and I, I'm converting these dumbbell exercises like, oh, because I'm doing barbell rows, uh, barbell OHP, and uh, uh, RDLs. And I always did these with dumbbells. And I'm like, okay, in my app, I entered the weight of the dumbbell that I held in one hand and it doubled it. So if I put in 50, it knows that I'm doing 50 in each hand. That's a hundred pounds. So now I have to double up what I was doing to match the barbell because it's all one piece now. I'm like, okay, but the bar weighs 45. Okay. Now I want to get here. Okay. Now I have these plates and I have like two and a half pound plates. So I put those on both sides. That's five pounds. Okay. I got five pound plates. That's 10 pounds each side. And then I can do 10. So that's 45 for the bar. Five on each side for 55 for the next warm up. Then I can take those off, put on the tens. That's 20. That's an additional 10 on what I just did. Yada, yada. And then I realized at one point I needed to do add 20 pounds to the bar for, or 40 pounds to the bar, 20 pounds on each side. But I realized when I bought my plates, I thought I covered every step along the way up to 280 or whatever it was for the combo I bought. And I can't do 40. <laughs> so I'm like, I was like, no, I need an extra pair of of 10 pound dumbbells in order to hit this weight. So it was like, I was racking my head trying to figure out like, how could I get 40 pounds? I can get close. I can get like 37, 37 pounds. They have like these change plates, which I think are a pound each. They might be like a pound, like 1.25, I forget. But I can't quite get 40 because I don't have, so I had to order. I'm like, ah, that's it. I got to order two or a set of 10 pound weights and get them in. So hopefully those will be in on Tuesday, which would be great. That but is yeah, far like, too much math for me. It it's rough. I'm so used to just to be like so easy. Like, like I I'm sitting there like oh I'm waiting because I have like okay I just did a workout or I did my warm up. Now I'm like okay it, I give myself like a, a minute after the warm ups to kind of let the joints relax a sec. And I'm like I'm sitting in my head I'm like okay I got the bar okay I got to do 45 okay now but I need to do this now. The other thing too that's kind of annoying is I start I also started doing the barbell for uh, uh, bridges. Uh, uh, or hip thrusts, essentially, uh, barbell hip thrusts. And I'm like, okay, I'll do this. And typically, I used to use dumbbells, and like that would be kind of, you know, heavy pickup. You know, put them on. But the problem with the barbell is that typically, like you can do, all, you can build up your strength fast in that movement because it's a, uh, it's a hip hinge at the glutes, and you're really strong there. So typically, you go up really fast. But I haven't done them in a while because I typically don't do them in my workouts because I I hate doing them with dumbbells. It's kind of obnoxious. Uh, so I was like, Oh, I'll start doing these. I bought a pad, uh, to put over, to put over the bar to use when I do this hip thrust. And, uh, but the problem I'm finding is that because I have to start lower because I don't do them is that it's such a pain in the butt to get the bar 
over my legs and onto my hips. Cause typically if you're doing them at a higher weight, like, you know, uh, you know, two forty fives on each side or something, it's like, those are high, pick the bar up high off, high enough off the ground that you can get underneath it and just roll easily over to you to get in position. But I can't do that. Cause now I have all these tiny weights because I got to, get used to this exercise again. So it was just such a pain to like, I like get my legs just under it. And then I like had to help pick it up and get it on. me. It was just super awkward. I'm like, Oh, I need to shoot up on this exercise fast. That way I can put on the bigger, the bigger weights. So I actually do it, but, but yeah, it's, it's, it's nice using the, the barbell. Um, I don't know if I'll keep doing it with the OHP just cause I don't have typically you'd want to put it on some, uh, you know, a squat stand or, something you can easily pick up. Whereas now I either have to clean and jerk it up into position or just kind of pick it up into position and do it there. And like, as I get heavier, that's going to be a pain in the butt to do. Cause now like now I'm essentially doing two exercises just to do one. It's, it's nice to do. It's just, you know, <laughs> Hey, Hey, Izzy's, Izzy's making fun of me in discord. Uh, I thought you could get away with it. It's called the clean and jerk is what they call it. The it's, clean and jerk. Clean. Oh, clean and jerk. Wow. Yeah, I oh, usually find the coast better if you jerk and clean. Yeah. Oh no! Or they call it the, the, <laughs> the clean and clean and press uh, is the one that I'm essentially doing. But yeah, they it's like it's it's because of the motion that you're doing. There's like anyway, but uh, not great names. I know, <laughs> but but yeah, it's uh it's nice using the bar. It's just yeah, the plate math is driving me bonkers. And then uh, yeah, I, I'd like to use it in some other exercise. Got to wait for that the rig, but uh, and then yeah, I've uh, you know I saw you talking about in Discord how. You know, you got some zero pasta at your store and how I'd been looking at that uh, a while back is trying to find a, a good filler option for days where I'm like, if I'm cutting, like I, I, this week I tried to do something different with my cut where I ate at maintenance on my workout days to fuel the workouts. And then on my off days, I'd eat less. So if my, you know, I'd eat 2,500 on my workout days and then I'd have to, to compensate for that, I'd have to eat at like 1650 on my Mm -hmm. off days. So I'm like, okay, well I can cut out the carbs. It's easy, but I need something to add volume to the food to actually feel filling. And you know, a couple months ago I tried that zero pasta to see how it worked. And I found it was kind of a pain in the butt to, to, to deal with because it was like super stuck together after I heated it up. And it was like really hard to kind of mix with the food I was doing. Mm. Uh, And I wanted to try the rice version, the variant, the, that some brands call like miracle rice or zero rice, but I can't, they don't have it in my store. I'd have to buy it online and it's not cost effective. Like it's, it's pretty pricey to get just a small amount of that. And for how much I would have yeah. had to use it, it was like kind of pain. So when I found, um, I tried cauliflower rice as an option. And then I was shopping for that uh, a couple weeks ago. I found broccoli slaw, which is essentially just the broccoli stalks, a little bit of carrots, just kind of like just cut up into mm-hmm. like what you'd use for a coleslaw, I guess. And, uh, I tried the cauliflower rice and it was okay. You know, I, I was worried that call, you know, I'm not, I don't eat cauliflower. It's very bland. Um, but it absorbed the spices that I put in my food pretty well. And also some of the buttery juice from the meat when I'd heat it back up, it was okay. But then I tried the broccoli slaw and that was just like way more volume, like 85 grams yeah. of that versus 85 uh, grams of the cauliflower rice is just way more. And it was like nice texture. Cause it was kind of like that crunch and it also mm-hmm. broccoli like in small strips just absorbs the flavor too so it's like mm-hmm. i'm like this is fantastic so i i love plus it's cheap 
and it lasts. Uh, that's my other thing with produce is like it, this lasts a while. So I can like, I can buy a couple packs and it'll still, it'll last me like, you know, at least mm-hmm. a week and a half, almost two weeks if I, if I get it just right. So I, I've yeah. been enjoying that a lot as a, when I need to sub out rice. I, I don't know if I'm going to keep with this eat, mo- eat maintenance on workouts and l- less on the off days. I'll probably go back to just a normal straight cut, just 2000 calories across the board for my cut. Cause it's a little easier. Cause the problem I find is like, if I, if I'm cutting and it's a work day, workout day and I'm eating low, like that's fine. Cause I'm like kind of in that mindset, but when it's the non-workout days, I can find like, you know, that boredom of like, I should eat something or, um, I'm prone to like, you know, like stress eating sometimes like kids stress me out or whatever. It's like, oh, I, I should just order something and then I'll just, uh, I'll eat less or, you know, mm-hmm. run on the treadmill for longer on this day or something like that. And, uh, it happens a lot. It's like, I can't, I can't do that. But having the, the, the broccoli slaw just add volume is great. Cause I still put it in even when I, when I'm eating like, you know, two cups of rice, I'll be like, Oh, I still want to add it just to add even more volume. Um, plus it's got, you know, potassium in it, which is great. Another source of it. So, but yeah, it's a, it's nice stuff. I, I, I still want to try that zero rice, but it's, yeah. I, again, it goes, it goes back to the, just, it's not viable. Whereas the, the price of the broccoli slaw is really cheap. I know it's so expensive. I got excited because our grocery store started carrying it and I really wanted to try it. Um, but yeah, it's so expensive and it's just, it's okay. I, I mean, I'm obviously not, um, I just want to try it to try it. I'm mm-hmm. not like on a diet or anything like that. I should be, but I'm not. But um, I wanted to try that and I wanted to try um, tofu based noodles too, which they had a spot for, but they didn't have any. Or at least it looked like they had a spot for it. They didn't have any. I wanted to try that too. But I mean, they were good. I just stir fried it. I didn't really have too much issue cooking it, but I didn't cook it like like a pasta, like a pasta dish. I stir fried it like a yakisoba. Um, so I just rinsed it off and then I tossed it in with the the kimchi and the vegetables that I was making a stir fry like that and it was okay. But I also... Um, made it with bean sprouts and so i had this weird thing where i didn't know if i was eating a noodle or a bean sprout because they kind of had the same kind of almost like snap or bite to them a little bit but the noodles were just a little bit chewier so it was slightly off-putting i think i'd rather just have bean sprouts and kimchi but um i mean yeah it was okay i'd rather just have rice noodles i the main thing i wanted to try them for is i really really love rice noodles and glass noodles but if i could find something that was similar but a little bit less you know noodly that then i would do that and it would help a little bit but uh, i don't i don't care i'd rather just eat noodles <laughs> yeah yeah I, I i guess that like you said you're doing cooking them that way probably would be the better way whereas i just threw them you know rinsed them but then threw them in the microwave mm-hmm. um and so that probably didn't help them not stick together like i'm sure if i just got in there with my hands and pulled them apart it would have been better but yeah it was just like such a pain i also tried i was i tried uh uh was a zucchini pasta we're like oh you can try this oh, like, yeah, yeah. and like that was not at all like i expected like i was like this isn't no it's just it's just stringy zucchini it's good yeah. i like zucchini but if you don't like zucchini if you're trying to get noodles it's not it it's just stringy zucchini yeah exactly. <laughs> it's not noodles <laughs> it's good like though a- a chickpea pasta, but it's yeah. only really good with red sauces because it, 
it doesn't pick up enough flavor from most other things that it needs like a heavy tomato based sauce to kind of be tasty. So yeah, we've tried that too. It it's good for red sauces, and then yeah, like Zaya said, zucchini. If you like zoodles, are good mm-hmm. in red sauces as well. But if you're looking for like stir fry stuff or lighter sauces, or you're trying to eat healthy, in which case you want to do like a really light sauce or a healthy sauce, yeah, it's tough. <laughs> yeah, the struggle's real if you like carbs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I'm fine with. I'll just I'll eat carbs. I don't care. <laughs> hey, you know what's also really carbs. good? It's it's a my kid. He used to eat veggie straws all the time, and then I bought him veggie mm-hmm. straws, and suddenly now he doesn't really like them anymore. So I was like, I didn't want him to go to waste. So I started eating. I was like, I'll try some. You know, I'm like, these are actually really good. They <laughs> of are. Of course, it's, it's the salt. <laughs> but yeah. I'm like, these are delicious. I've been buying like veggie straws. It's just a little snack uh, to have. But yeah, those are really I love good. veggie straws. Those are pretty good. I, I usually try to eat the green ones first because they're my least favorite. <laughs> the, <laughs> and, just get uh, it out of the way. Yeah, get it out of the way. Just eat the green ones. And then <laughs> just munch in the other ones. In this. But yeah, but like that's super salty. I'm like, oh man, then you just want to keep eating them. We yeah. eat a lot of hummus lately. That's usually what we have for our like, we want a snack, but we also don't want to be continually hungry. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of hummus. The only downside is we eat it with pita bread. So <laughs> that doesn't really solve anything. But uh, hummus with vegetables is like, broccoli and carrots and stuff like that that's really good that's a really good snack yeah yeah i used to buy carrots as a like a big old bag i'm gonna eat those as snacks just because they're they're so mm-hmm. they got uh potassium in as well but uh, it's just like easy to eat but then it's like yeah i just kind of got burnt down on it. i was like yeah i don't know i don't like raw carrots though i just i have to cook them and that defeats the purpose because then i cook it in you know shit <laughs> soy yeah. sauce and shit so yeah, I could get like a like light ranch or something like them in or something. But I I don't mind them. It's just you know, I also get them because you got to make the kid eat some sort of vegetable, and those are usually the ones he'll eat. But, mm-hmm. but carrots yeah. cooked in a like a vinegar, depending on like if you have good high quality vinegars, can be really tasty. But um, it's a lot more expensive. I found I, a few I, that I liked when I I kind of feel the same way about carrots that I like cooking them in like soy sauce or other things, which. Or like butter or like a honey glaze, which makes them delicious, but then mm-hmm. not healthy. I but did vinegar is roast, a like alternative. I chopped them up like real, real big and then I roasted them for a really long time. So they were really, really soft. And then I put like a balsamic like vinegar glaze or whatever, like a dressing that we had over them. And that was really good. But I, but I mean, yeah, like just a raw carrot and hummus, like. I'll just eat the hummus off the carrot and then not want to eat the carrot. You're doing it like a fun dip. <laughs> yeah, like a fun dip, basically. It's like, you know, you do the first thing where you're like, I'll try this and you eat it. And you first, and you're just like, no, I'm just going to use this to scoop the hummus now. That's like my kid when he was like two or three and he first had fries and ketchup. Is he just sucked the ketchup off the fry and then dip the fry. I was like, eat the fry. <laughs> that's sacrilegious. How do you not eat a French fry? How dare you? But no, well, that's, that's what that it is. Like Every once in a while I'll try because I'm like, I know that I don't like this, but I'll try it. I do this with celery too. It's like, I don't like celery, but I'll try it. And I'll dip it in something and eat it. And I'm like, I, I hate this. I'm actually just going to eat whatever I'm dipping it in. Yeah, I used to eat way back in the day when, you know, I was a kid living parents when I used to eat uh, peanut butter on celery all the time. Like that was always really good. I liked doing that. But of course, peanut yeah. butter is just so calorie dense that I couldn't do that now. I'd just be 
you're just packing on calories eating peanut butter apparently i used to love celery and and peanut butter when i was little but now it's like i smell celery and i want to destroy it so i don't know what the deal is with that <laughs> that's funny. every once in a while the only way i'll eat it is in like soup if it's like really cooked down in like a, a stew or soup or something like that but otherwise i'm just like i have no interest in this whatsoever and that's my problem with a lot of vegetables it's like i don't want it raw i need it cooked and i know that that's like the thing <laughs> yeah it's funny because i i prefer raw garlic to cook garlic but i don't put it in much like it, unless i have like a spaghetti like this is the only time I'll, I'll ever like cut up raw garlic and like put it in there uh but yeah it's like i don't really put it on anything else like everything else that's in it's like it's always cooked you know it's in the pasta sauce all right wait i have a question about that because cooking garlic releases more garlic flavor it's not yeah. like it's a different flavor it's like more garlic flavor so do you just not like I'm so confused about raw garlic. I just like the it's like a it's like a horseradish thing where it's like I like the zest and the zing of raw garlic. Like I'm just talking about like eat it, not with other food necessarily. Like I'd love to eat like a like have, or have you ever had like a raw potato? Like it just it taste not that you eat them all the time, but like it just tastes <laughs> different. But like a I like just raw garlic. If I'm gonna eat garlic, it's like yeah, I'll just you know bite some of that, you know, cut it up raw and just put it, sprinkle it on as like a garnish or something. Yeah, obviously cooking it in something is totally different and mm -mm. it has a different flavor profile. But it's kind of like when people cook with jalapenos and hot peppers versus eating the hot peppers raw. It's like mm -hmm. they lose some of that. They lose that heat. Yeah, you get yeah. the flavor, but that heat's gone. So it's like. I, it's like it's like why they put raw jalapenos on nachos. They don't cook the they don't cook the jalapenos and then put them on there because they've lost all that that heat. Um, so I I just like that that zest of of the garlic. I like a little more as a, a kick to each little bite or you know what have you. I I don't cook a lot of stuff with garlic in general. Anyways, I just sometimes be like you know I like I get on a kick like oh I'll make a bunch of spaghetti this week with hot Italian sausage and I'm like and I cut up some raw garlic. Typically there's already it's like I buy like the roasted garlic sauce and it mm -hmm. has a little bit of flavor, but like, and I have like garlic salt. I have, you know, all this other, you know, stuff, but uh, yeah, I, I just like having the extra, the rosing of the garlic is, is, is nice. Oh, I put garlic in everything. Everything has garlic in it. Yeah. <sighs> all right. Well, that's <laughs> it for uh good eats. <laughs> so thank you all for tuning and listening thank you Kizli thank you Zai for joining uh -huh. and we will see you all next time bye Later.